0: For X, minus five, four, three, two, X minus one fire. I don't wanna grow up, do I grow up? I don't wanna grow up, do wanna grow up. I don't wanna grow up. I'm a toys are us, kid. There's a million
1: toys and toys are us, and I can...
2: welcome to the Toys our rest report, recorded live on Jupiter's third largest moon, nice Callisto, too, projecting the voice with this mic that he's cuffing, you ain't his knucker, suckers his snuffing, he's your host, Icy Robots. Greetings Earth
1: people, I am Jupiter, it is me again, Icy Robots. I'm not a hero, I do keep telling you that, but I do sacrifice a bit Am my week each and every week make your week a bit less week and this week I think it's gonna get a lot less week because we got a ton of fun stuff ahead of us we're gonna talk about a movie I saw called Zootopia we are going to have some uh who's who in the DC universe all about the mysterious Maxwell Lord of Supergirl TV fame this is gonna be a super fun show and uh hey man what's up Iceberg I see you wait hold on you're not Iceberg who are you dude
0: Hello, I am Iceberg's agent.
1: You're who now? You're Iceberg's what? What did you say your name was?
0: My name is A.B. Silver and I work for the Silversmith Agency out of Hollywood.
1: Uh, okay, so when did Iceberg get an agent and what are you doing here and is there something I can help you with, I guess?
0: Iceberg is not being properly compensated for his work as a DJ and I am here
1: to rectify that. Iceberg has an agent, and why would he, uh, why would he be compensated? The show's kind of a money loser, overall.
0: Are you that IZ Robot's character that he works with?
1: Yeah, that's me.
0: That's great. It's nice to meet you. Iceberg has said that being your boss is very rewarding but that being forced into unpaid disc jockey service is not part of his agreed upon duties and that you are forcing him into doing it.
1: Wait, hold on. Iceberg's not my boss and uh, how am I forcing him into doing anything?
0: Through force I would imagine. Iceberg does not enjoy physical confrontation. He is a pacifist.
1: I did not force Iceberg into anything. He came to me and he wanted to be on the show. He wanted to show everybody how he had, uh, as he put it, crazy mad skills on the wheels of steel. I did not force him into anything.
0: It is outside his programming to say no to requests and you are taking advantage of that fact.
1: Iceberg says no all the time. He says no more than he says yes. How can I possibly force him into anything
0: he says that you do i find the whole thing very unseemly
1: it's unseemly you're calling me unseemly
0: yes it is unseemly
1: that's great thanks for the uh name calling um so i never realized that iceberg didn't want to be on the show i thought we were like partners man i don't know if he wanted out he could have just he could have just asked out i never forced him into anything
0: so you say
1: yeah, I do say. I do say, as a matter of fact. I say that.
0: He says that you are taking advantage of his otherworldly skills on the wheels of steel, and that he should be clocking fat stacks for it.
1: His otherworldly skills? I mean, dude's alright, but, um, he's not, you know, he's not DJ Scratch or, uh, Pete Rock or anything.
0: Those are his words.
1: Those are his words? Well, how would you say I
0: it? would say that he should be properly compensated as a star of his level should be.
1: Well... Neither of us make anything off the show, so I would imagine that he is being compensated like a star of his magnitude should be. Who even says Iceberg's a star? So, I mean, he's like a superstar?
0: Yes, he is a big star. Any success this show has seen is on his name alone.
1: I mean, this is the greatest podcast in the world, but it's not all because of Iceberg. I mean, he's only on, like, one segment. Sure, he does a bit of production or whatever, but I would hardly say that... He has a lot to do with anything, quite frankly.
0: He also requests that the name of the show be changed to the Iceberg 13 report. Does that sound reasonable?
1: Uh, no, that is completely unreasonable. Why would I call the show the Iceberg 13 Report? It's not as if the show's about him. He's one of the dudes on the show. I mean, we already have a perfectly good name, and that name is the the Toys R Us Report.
0: (laughs) What kind of name is the Toys R Us Report, anyway? You hardly ever talk about toys according to the Iceberg.
1: It's... It's the name of the show. It is what it is, alright? Uh, I know we used to talk about toys a lot more than we do now, but... Things evolve. Things change, and, you know, once you're locked into a name, it is what it is. You know, I don't want to... We got a lot of branding going on, alright? I don't want to confuse people. I don't want to change the name of the show. I know... I know it's not as toy-centered as it could be. It's more, uh... More of a pop culture kind of thing, but come on, dude. Uh, the Toys of Rush report is as good a name as any, and the... The Iceberg 13 report is like a million times worse. That's the stupidest name I've ever heard.
0: I beg to differ. Before I was Iceberg's agent, I worked in marketing for Nabisco. I know about a good name and the Toys R Us report is not a good name. The Iceberg report is much better.
1: No, dude, that's a much stupider name. It sounds like something where people talk about the ice caps and how they're melting. Or maybe it's a show about... uh. Like a podcast that talks about the Titanic. You know, something like that involving icebergs.
0: It does not. It sounds like a funky hip-hop show with a funky disc jockey. I know branding.
1: It really doesn't sound like you do, dude.
0: That is neither here nor there. Are you willing to negotiate a new contract with my client or are you not?
1: I... I don't have the power to negotiate a contract, I'm just another dude that works here with the iceberg. You might want to try the company that owns the space station, the company that owns the cell tower we work in.
0: What is the name of this company then and how can I reach them?
1: It's called Pooptronics Intergalactic Cellular.
0: Pooptronics Cellular?
1: Yep dude, Pooptronics.
0: How can I reach them?
1: I don't know, dude. Use the internet. That's how people find things out, right?
0: Very well. I shall contact the bootronics and show them what's what.
1: Yeah, you do that. Uh, is the iceberg here? Is he going to come on to the show today or what? You know, we really got to get moving along on this. He
0: will only return when his demands are met. Not a second sooner.
1: (sighs) Alright, that's fine. We we really got to get moving on with the show. I got to get to add the movies.
0: Very well, then. It was very nice to meet you.
1: Yeah, it was nice to meet you too, dude.
0: Iceberg speaks very highly of you, mostly.
1: <laughs> That's great. Thanks.
0: Which way is the shuttle bay?
1: Take that door right there on your left, walk down the hallway, take another left, and it should be right there, just past the uh cafeteria.
0: Thank you. Good day.
1: Well, that was fun, I guess. Uh so uh let's get moving on with the show. Up next is at the movies. <laughs>
2: In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right?
0: You dirty rat. Some work hard. Lumber delivery. And some are wealthy. I some. They can text. Hey, watch where you're going, Fox. And take a selfie. Let's see those teeth. Life's a zoo. All the way down. And you'll be
1: welcome, too. Buddy, it's nice to see you. Nice to see you. Hang in there. Two. Disney's Zootopia.
0: March 4th in 3D.
1: We actually went to see Zootopia twice, well, this would be the third time, the first time we saw it, it was, well, the first time we went to see it, it was straight up sold out, there was nothing. Next time we went to see it, we, uh, came to the wrong time and we missed it altogether because we're dumb. This time, though, we did manage to see Zootopia, and I gotta say, it was a lot of fun. Zootopia is the latest Disney cartoon, it's about, it's about a city... Where animals walk upright like people, speak like people, and do all sorts of people things. And they all live in harmony. The main character is a bunny named uh, Officer Hobbs. She wants to be a police officer. She will be the first ever bunny on the police force. And the other main character is voiced by Jason Bateman. Who you might know from all sorts of cool stuff. Oh, the first, uh, the bunny is voiced by Jennifer Goodwin from that ABC show about, you know, Disney characters. The one where they're like princesses or witches or whatever. I've never seen it. She has really short hair. Anyway, the basic plot of the film is that there is overall peace in the town of Zootopia until some of the predators start going wild. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Jason Bateman's character is a fox, he is a sly fox, he's a bit of a hustler, kind of a con man, and he joins up with Jennifer Goodwin to help, um, to help find what is causing the animals to go wild. He's like, he knows the streets, you know, he's the one who, uh, he has the contacts, man, you know, you would call him an informant, but he's actually out there, like, helping her fight crime and do all sorts of stuff. I, um, I really enjoyed Zootopia. It is a bit long. It's just under two hours, but there are a lot of fun gags in it. The animation is top-notch. Idris Elba's in it. Uh, J.K. Simmons, who is soon-to-be Commissioner Gordon in some upcoming Batman stuff. He's in it. You might know him as, uh... Schillinger from Oz, or as Jay Jonah Jameson, dude's awesome, dude is one of my favorite actors, he plays the mayor who is a lion, the movie is, it has a lot to do with racism, you know, the prey are afraid of the predators, they feel like the predators are always gonna have these urges, just like how some people think poorly of other folks of different races or different class, it's good, it really, um, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I laughed a lot. It is a bit long. Let me tell you how much 2.0 enjoyed it. She laughed through the entire thing and then the next day, the very next day, she asked if her and one of her pals could go see it. She wanted to share it with her buddy and I was like, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you liked it. So we took her down to the theater and she saw it again and she told me the second time through she did like it even more so... I'm going to give this one a super high ISR, uh, rating. Well, we use the source rating here. So I'm going to give it like three and three quarter mics on the source meter. The only knock I have on it is that it's a bit long. Toward the end, you can start to hear some of the kids in the theater getting rustly and stuff. So take that into consideration if you're going to be taking your kids with you. And, uh, yeah, man, highly recommend it. Also... I went to see another movie, I'm not going to give it like a full on review, Um, my wife is a big fan of the Divergent series, and the person that she normally goes to see it with happened to be away at the moment, and she was just dying to see the latest one, I think it's called Allegiant, I don't know, so I got drug into it, she's like, hey man. I have seen just about every superhero movie. No, I have seen every superhero movie that's come out for the last 20 years, so you owe me this. And I said, you know what I do? So I went with her, and the movie made no sense to me. I don't know. She seemed like she enjoyed it. Um, It has something to do with how um, Shailene Woodley is pure, and other people are damaged, and if you're pure... You can get into the city, but the damage are kept out. I have no idea. It was complete and total uh, gobbledygook to me. But um, Shailene Woodley is always good. You know, she has kind of this every girl thing going for her. She's um, she's a good actor, too. I do enjoy her, but I got to wonder if being in this series has uh, just killed her career. Because you don't hear as much about her as you did when she went into it. I remember she was in... Um, The Dependent? Is that what it's called? With, uh, Clooney, George Clooney. And, apparently she was excellent in that, and it seemed like there was some buzz on her, and then she signed on for, like, I don't know, five or six of these Divergent movies, and that was that. That was that for good old Shailene. I actually thought this was the last one, but I was informed at the end that, oh no, there is more. There's gonna be one more Divergent movie to come, so if you're a fan of that sort of stuff, I cannot give this one a mic ratings because... I don't know, it made no sense. I'm going to say zero mics. No idea. Anyway, uh, we will be back in one second with Who's Who in the DC Universe. Hey, this is Michael
2: Bell, the voice of Duke on G.I. Joe, and you're listening to the Toys R Us report. Yo, Joe! Make sure to visit virtualdirtmall.com and support the Toys R Us report with a generous purchase of some retro or not so retro junk maybe a Ghostbusters action figure or a Star Trek propeller hat it's really up to you virtualdirtmall.com you won't be sorry for long Up next, what's sure to be an awesome segment, Who's Who in the DC Comics Universe. You're welcome in advance.
1: All right, we are back from the commercial break, and it is me, Icy Robots, and this is the greatest podcast in the world, the Toys R Us Report. And right now, right now as we speak, we are at the main event. This is it, the middle of the show, Who's Who in the DC Universe. And this week, we are going to take a look at Maxwell Lord. Some of you might know Maxwell Lord from Supergirl. He's one of the big baddies. He's played by one of the dudes from Twilight. I don't know if that's a good thing, but some of you might also know him from the comics days where he was one of the big dudes in a comic called Justice League, later Justice League International, and then even after that, Justice League Europe. He is a financier. He is the man behind the scenes. He's the dude who puts things together. Let's take a look with some... Max Facts. Alright. Maxwell Lord first made his appearance in May of 1987 in Justice League number one. He was created by Keith Giffen. Maxwell Lord was a wealthy dude. He inherited his wealth from his father. His father owned a company named Chemtech that was in the business of manufacturing medicines. Unfortunately, one of the medicines they invented was a... uh unbeknownst to them a carcinogen, it killed, it killed many people, which, um, his father did not take this well, and he committed suicide, and then Maxwell Lord inherited the company. While running Chemtech, our boy Maxwell Lord had some run-ins with a dude that goes by the name of Lex Luthor, the villainous Lex Luthor. Eventually, eventually during their business meetings and whatnot, Lex ended up with control of Chemtech. He got it right out from under Maxwell Lord. I don't even know how that works. I mean... I know if you are in charge, it means you must own 51% or more of the company. So how does, how does, uh, Luthor go out there and get more than 51? I know not. I know not about the, uh, stock market of our world. I know even less about the stock market from the DC universe. At any rate, Lex was now the owner of Chemtech. And our guy, Maxwell Lord, was on the outside looking in. He did some deep Some deep examinations into how this happened. And one of the things he kind of dwelled upon was how Luthor gained influence by funding super characters. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. He would get these guys and he used them to assert influence on the world. So Lord was like, if I ever get the chance, if I ever get another opportunity at this... I am going to fund my own team. And eventually he was given the chance. Now, I don't think he was completely broke. He must have got bought out by Luthor. So he still had some money. And he decided with that money, he was going to buy a franchise that was on the rocks. That franchise was... The Justice League. The League had been on the skids for a while. This is kind of after the whole uh, Justice League Detroit deal with Aquaman and the Cave and all that. Or maybe this was after the Satellite era. I don't recall. I'm doing this. I'm doing this from memory. Doing this off the top of my head. But at any rate, there was not a Justice League at this time. So Lord's like, hey man, that's a money name. That's a money franchise. I'm going to get it. I'm going to scoop it up. So he put together his own squad Of JL, guys. They weren't the Justice League America, they were known simply as the Justice League. Let's take a look at who was on the team at the time. You had Batman, you had Black Canary, Blue Beetle, you had Captain Marvel, you had an all new female, Dr. Light, not the villain that we know. You had Dr. Fate, the Martian Manhunter, Mr. Miracle, the Green uh, Lantern known as Guy Gardner and then later Booster Gold, Fire and Ice from the Galactic Guardians and then there were two different Rocket Reds. You might remember this, uh, Justice League. This was one of the favorites of mine at the time when I was in the comics. It... Was written by Keith Giffen, and it had this real comedic tone. It was real funny stuff, um, completely different than anything that was out on the shelves that time. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this version of the Justice League. Quite a bit, actually. I think I said, I think I said Galactic Guardians when I was talking about Fire and Ice. I actually meant to say the Global Guardians, that European super team with all sorts of, uh, marks and losers that DC had at the time, anyway. They grabbed Fire and Ice from there, and they put them into this version. I really, I really did enjoy this. Uh, Maxwell Lord, he kind of was an exasperated businessman. He was with the team, funding the team, and he was really trying to get things off the ground, all the while facing, like, day-to-day problems with personnel, with, uh, Guy Gardner fighting with Batman, which eventually led to, a Batman knocking him out with one punch. Just all kinds of stuff. It was good. It was just, you know, different than things at the time. More, More slice of life, more exciting than you would think, but he also took the Justice League and he spun it off into another series, well, another team it would be. He expanded his franchise and he made Justice League Europe, which consisted of, uh, the leader, Captain Atom. Elongated Man, Power Girl, The Flash, Wally West, Wally West from The Flash TV show, Rocket Red and Metamorpho, and then there was a couple other dudes. I was not so much into the, uh, JLE. By this point, by this point, I don't know, it was getting a bit tired and... You can see how they were kind of making some last grasps for money by moving the team off into a off into a different realm. Let's take a quick break. Check out a commercial from the VHS Vault, and we will be back in a moment with more Maxwell Lord talk.
0: Oh, I do enjoy an evening with a little light entertainment. Oh. But when your video heads get dirty, you lose your picture. Not a pretty sight. Happily, this new Polaroid video cassette will help you. It actually cleans your heads as it plays, so dirty heads needn't haunt you.
1: New Polaroid video cassettes. Get the picture? So they clean themselves. That's amazing. That is like your tires, uh, cleaning themselves while they roll along the dirty road. So where were we? Our subject, Max, was doing good work. He was being a real philanthropist. He was funding the league, setting things right with the world, fighting the good fight, doing what it takes to get ahead and to be a, uh, superhero financier, but... It turns out the whole time he was under mind control. He was under mind control by a computer entity known as Kill Gear. What Kill Gear wanted was what all evil things from space want. He wanted to control the earth and he thought one way that he could do it was well by getting the earth to control itself. He thought that if he could somehow put a police force that would keep the whole world in check eventually people would realize they needed to be in check sort of like sort of like he wanted to cause a fear get the police and then make you feel like you can't live without their protection eventually you would kind of voluntarily give up control and he thought he thought that the justice league the justice league europe justice league international might be a way to do it this went on for a while eventually max realized he was under mind control and he broke free. How he did, I don't know, but he did. He broke free from the evil reigns of Kilgear. Even though, even after he broke free from Kilgear, Maxwell Lord was still kind of a scumball. That was sort of, I don't have any evidence for you, but he's kind of, you know, he's a scumball, sort of, hustler, kind of con artist guy, and even after he broke free from Kilgear, he was still that, and then, then there was a giant alien invasion of the DC Universe. This seems to happen every few years, and one of the things the aliens did was, they Dropped a gene bomb on the earth, and this gene bomb caused uh, Maxwell Lord to develop a latent superpower of mind control that he had. He was not the most powerful of all the superheroes, but he could sort of assert control over you, he would be like, hey, uh, go get me a soda, and you would go get him a soda, but the strain was very intense. I remember just about every time he would use his powers, he got a bloody nose as kind of, kind of the sign, and they would use it, they would use it as a storytelling device. You could tell he was controlling somebody because he'd get a small droplet of blood, but even that didn't work out so well for him. His powers caused him to have a brain tumor, and he died. But Kill Gear was still on the scene, and he, uh, he scooped up Maxwell Lord's body and he put it inside of a robot. I got this written down. I could not remember the robot's name. The robot's name was Lord Havoc. He took Maxwell Lord's personality and he put it inside of Lord Havoc. Eventually, the robot even began to resemble Maxwell Lord. I'm sorry for how I just said that name a minute ago, Lord Havoc, but doesn't it just kind of, don't you just kind of want to say it that way, Lord Havoc? Anyway, Lord Havoc began to resemble Maxwell Lord, and he went back to his old tricks, and got together with Captain Adam, the Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, and Mary Marvel, and formed a new team called the Super Buddies. The Super Buddies were sort of like the... They were sort of like heroes for hire with uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist. You could call them up, they had a number, they would kind of help you when when you needed a superhero. But then, then tragedy struck when Doomsday, Doomsday broke free from wherever he was underneath the earth. And he went on a rampage, eventually killing Superman. But Superman wasn't the only person killed. Maxwell Lord's mother also, was also uh, murdered during this rampage. And this, this took the already fragile... Maxwell Lord robot combination, and it started to cause him to distrust heroes. It kind of put this thing in here where, like, we can't let these guys rampage. We can't let these guys, we can't let them do what they're doing. We can't let them go out there unrestricted. So, Maxwell Lord went and he disbanded the Super Buddies. He was done with that, and he joined Checkmate DC's clandestine, uh... Underground unit known as Checkmate, and he kind of set out as a rogue member of that. Put his own unit together, and what they were gonna do is they were gonna try to take down superheroes. But the Blue Beetle, Ted Kord, found out. He found out what was going on, and he confronted Max. Max and him were friends. He felt like he felt, man, if I can just get in there and I can talk to him, I could put an end to this. But it didn't work out that way. He went and he confronted Lord, and Lord's like, look. This is serious. This is for real. My mom died. You can either join us or you can die. Either you are with us or you are against us. And Blue Beetle was like, I'm against you. I am I am not with this at all. So, he shot him. He shot him right. He shot him right in the head. Max Lord shot and murdered the Blue Beetle who he had known for so many years. It was um I remember reading that, it was very upsetting to me, because I'm just a big fan of the Beatle, and I did not want to see him go out like that, but he did, he did, and it was a bummer, but it did cause, it caused some of the superheroes that were out there, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, to take action, Blue Beetle had tried to tell Batman what was going on with Maxwell Lord, but he kind of shined him on, he didn't want to listen, and Batman felt responsible when he found out that uh, Ted Kord was murdered, and he could have stopped it if he just would have paid attention to him he didn't feel as if he didn't feel like the beetle was worth listening to and it led to uh it led to 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 more blood in his hands he felt so they decided to go after uh to go after Maxwell Lord but what they did not know Maxwell Lord was more powerful, uh, than they imagined. He had Superman under mind control, and he had had him under mind control for a while. When the, uh, super community discovered what Maxwell Lord is up to, he's like, I gotta strike now, I gotta do it, so he sent Superman out there to kill Wonder Woman, and probably eventually kill Batman, so Superman and Wonder Woman are battling, and well... This is, uh, this is one I think about a lot. I think that if it comes down to it, Wonder Woman can kill Superman. Superman has a weakness of magic, and Wonder Woman has a lot of magic weapons. She has a sword, she has a shield, she has a lasso, she has all sorts of stuff. If she sticks Superman with that sword, it's gonna go right through him. And I also think that Wonder Woman is probably a much better martial artist than Superman. Superman's like, he's a farm boy with farm boy strength and power. And he's probably a good brawler, he probably has a good one-two punch, left hand, right hand, maybe like a front kick, something like that. But Wonder Woman must know all sorts of, uh, Themyscira and martial arts, you know. And plus, she is very old. She has been around, she's been training for a long time. And I think when it comes down to it, Wonder Woman is going to take Superman. But, that's not important right now. What happens during this is, she's wailing away on Superman, and she kind of realizes that, like, she's not going to be able to stop him Without killing him and the way to do the way to get out of this fight without having to kill him might be to take out Maxwell Lord so she gets near Lord grabs him turns his head all the way around kills him but This was caught on television, and broadcast worldwide, people saw Wonder Woman snapping the neck of a, what they thought is just a normal dude, and it sort of turned the world against heroes, and it kind of created a bit of conflict between Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. For a while, they didn't talk. Eventually, they got back together, and, well... That was it. That was it so far for our boy Maxwell Lord until he popped up on Supergirl. On Supergirl, he's kind of a tech billionaire. He's kind of not so much a Lex Luthor. He's not totally evil. But he does want to take down Supergirl. But he also realizes that there are are bigger threats in the world than a pretty girl flying around in a cape. But he does keep an eye on her. And he does plan and he does make weapons just in case. So... We are running super short on time. That whole stupid thing with Iceberg's stupid agent took a lot of show time that we had set aside for other stuff. So, I don't know, man. We'll be right back in one second with a super brief Toys R Us report.
2: Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. Made it this far. It's time the final segment, your weekly toy shop update, the Toys R Us Report.
1: Alright, we are back, and really my dudes, we can use some patrons. Please. Please consider sharing with us as a low amount as a dollar a month. Just hop on over to supportthereport.com. There are all sorts of incentives. It's worth your while. Plus, plus you get to feel like you're helping us keep the lights on here at the uh at the good old moon base. So, I don't know. The only pop culture thing that's really been on my mind, besides everything else, is the Walking Dead finale. Do you guys watch The Walking Dead? I'm going to go into spoilers. I'm going to do it right now. So, if you have yet to see this season's finale, just stop right now. There's nothing left except for talk about that. So, one, two, three, four. If you haven't turned it off by now, I don't know, man. It's all your fault. So, uh,. I I watched The Walking Dead. I watch it. I've watched it since it started. I've been a big fan of the comics since... Issue, I started in issue 10. I've been reading it monthly ever since. I am a fan of the property, but it also... It makes me feel really bad. Um, When I read it, I feel bad, but I enjoy it. But then seeing it on the screen is, to me, a completely different thing. I'm not... I'm not sensitive as far as horror, I watch things, I see scary things, I went to see Green Inferno, I don't mind gross stuff, I'm cool with it, but, um, what happens is, they introduce a new bad guy named Negan, and Negan is going to kill one of the group with his barbed wire bat that he calls Lucille, in the comics, He kills Glenn, and I think that the scene where he killed Glenn was one of the most disturbing things I had ever read. uh, It stuck with me in a real negative way for a long time. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't, like, deeply disturbed, but it did stick with me, and it did bother me. But now, like, seeing it on TV, it kind of came back and bothered me all over again. I'm going to admit this, and it's a bit embarrassing, but I don't... I want to be honest, the night after we saw it, I had, like, okay, it ends with a cliffhanger. You don't see who he kills, and I imagine it's going to be Glenn, but we have to wait till next season to find out, but it does, it does end in a very violent manner, um, even though they show it to you off screen, and seeing this again and reliving this again was... (sighs) It kept me up at night. It really kept me up. The night after we saw it, I slept terribly. I just kept waking up. I would wake up. I had dreams about it. And I don't know. I don't know if I want to continue on with The Walking Dead. I really want to find out what happened in the finale. But just about every time I sit down to watch it, I'm filled with dread. Because they get these characters, and they get you to care about them, and then they kill them in violent manners. And I understand that's kind of the hook of the show, but... I just don't know if that's something I need in my life. I don't need to see people that I've become very familiar and very fond of getting murked. In the comics, it seems different because they're they're just there on paper. It's a whole different thing. But when you see him on screen and you see him walking around, you see him talking and then... They're suddenly swiped from you in a violent manner. It's weird to me. It does not make me feel good. I think that I only really like watching things that make me feel good. And maybe that makes me wuss. Maybe that makes me dork. But I think it's true. I like Supergirl. I like Flash. I like Arrow. I like Legends of Tomorrow. I like, I like Shark Tank. I like all kinds of things. And the one thing that I think I want out of a show is I want to leave it feeling good or, at, you know, also I want to feel challenged. I don't mind if it's like thought provoking stuff and it leaves me with things to think about, things to ponder. I don't know if I need to just watch people that I've grown fond of and have grown to care of in a sense get killed. It's very strange to me that. It's very strange to me that I do this to myself. Uh, Hit me up on Twitter. Tell me what you think. Are you guys fans of The Walking Dead? Are you fans of things of this sort? Just tell me what you like about it. I think it's a good show with good characters and things of that sort. But why do we put ourselves through these things when life is kind of hard enough as it is? Hit me up on Twitter at ICRobot.com. Go on over to Facebook. That's Facebook.com backslash ICRobot. Sorry, there was very uh, very little toy talk this episode. That's my fault. I will attempt to make up for it in the future. At any rate, we got to sign up. We have gone long. We've gone longer than I wanted to. This is me, ICRobot, signing off. Toys R Us Report, episode number 75. If you don't know, now you know.
0: Recorded live on Jupiter's Moon, Callisto, this has been an IC Robots Radio production.